Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC podcast. God is doing so many great things in our community, and I trust that he's doing great things in your life as well. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this message. Hey, here at North Point uh, for 2023, we have said that this is our year of this is our year. Now we can all join in because now we're familiar with what the year is. We're like, okay, yeah, that's right. I needed that reminder. Here in North Point, 2023, this is our year of? Legacy. That's right, our year of legacy. And uh, what we do every year here at North Point is we start with a first series of the year that is built around the theme of our year. And, uh, and this is the year of legacy. But this is the, the idea that we are really driving home, not just during this series, but for the entire year. And the big idea is this, live the legacy you want to leave. Live the legacy that you want to leave. Because what we hear a lot about, right, is leaving a legacy, right? Okay, I wanna leave a legacy. But we all understand that you cannot leave what you have not lived. So the legacy that you leave, it cannot be greater than the legacy you live. So that's where our focus is this year, saying, okay, if we want to leave a legacy, that means we have to live a legacy each and every day. Now, when we start throwing around the word legacy, here's the problem, right, with our human mind. When we start thinking about legacy, we start thinking about, well, I mean, legacy, like that's for presidents and like world leaders and, and famous people, but, but, but I live in Benton, Louisiana, right? Like, I mean, how, how am I going? to leave a legacy. But listen, friends, you are going to leave a legacy whether you realize it or not. Because your legacy is simply the story people tell about who you are and the difference that you made in their lives and in the world. And there's always a story to tell. (laughs) And since there will be a story told about the person that you were, and there will be a story told about the difference that you made in their life or in the world, because that story is going to be told, we need to understand that there will be a legacy that is left. The the word legacy means something that is passed on. But as we've been saying, we need to we need to really change that and say it's not something that will be passed on, that are not something that is passed on. There is something that will be passed on. <laughs> it might be bad. It might be average, it might be good, but something is getting passed on. There is a story that is going to be told. And so whenever we talk about about legacy, we're going to really uh, spend a lot of time this year in in Hebrews chapter 11, talking about these, these, we refer Hebrews 11 as like the hall of fame of faith, or many of the legends of the Old Testament, they, they find themselves mentioned here in Hebrews chapter 11. And and what we see there is that there are men and women who left a legacy because they lived a legacy. And there's some things that we can learn from them that we can bring into our lives. And so we're gonna go today into Hebrews chapter 11 and and we'll be in verse eight through 16. And this this is what the Bible says. It says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. And he went without knowing where he was going. He left his home and he went 
to a place that he didn't even know where he's going. Now, some of you in the room are like, oh, yes, this is an adventure. This is exciting. And there's other people in the room that are going, bro, this is just irresponsible, right? <laughs> but here's what we know. God spoke to him. He packs up. He leaves his home. He goes to this place not even fully understanding where he was headed. And it says even when he reached that land that God promised them, he lived there by faith. Not only did he leave in faith, but he had to live in the new land by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so, so did Isaac and Jacob, his son and grandson, who inherited the same promise that God had given Abraham. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah, who was Abraham's wife, was able to, to, to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man. Say one man. Come on, a whole nation, all of the Israelites, the Hebrew people, God's people, they all came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky, sand and the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what he promised, but they saw it all from a distance and they welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, People who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Man, this is such a beautiful thing as we read about these, these people that are going to leave this legacy. And, and it talks about that as they left what they had always known and they were journeying to this unknown, they were not just uh, consumed with, with the worries or the, the things of today, even their current struggles or situations, but they were looking beyond all of that to this eternal city. They, they were looking to this heavenly homeland, realizing that that we do not belong here. We are foreigners here on earth, but where we belong is with our creator forever in the city that he has prepared for us. They realized that one day they were going to leave. One day they would transition out of this life into eternity. And last week, Destiny preached a brilliant message. And if you were not here, I encourage you to go back and listen uh, to last week. I cannot do it justice. And so I'm just going to give you a few things that she said. And that was that legacy will require you to leave. Legacy will require you to leave. We, we see that because we read, we read about Abraham's legacy. But we cannot read about Abraham's legacy and skip over the fact that Abraham had to leave everything that he's ever known. Because that's what it said there in verse 8. It says, Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him. He had to leave his family. 
He had to leave his hometown. He had to leave the culture that he had grown up in. He had to leave his tribe. He had to leave what was comfortable. He had to leave the known for the unknown. And that's what legacy will always require. Legacy will always require you to leave. I would say it to you this way. If you want to leave something, then you will have to leave something. Or even more specifically, some things. Because <laughs> it's not just one thing that we need to leave behind if we want to leave a legacy behind. Because here's the truth. If we're going to leave something at the end, if we're going to leave something uh, good and, and beneficial and productive, if we are going to leave something, then guess what? There is going to be some old attitudes that we are going to have to leave behind. If we are going to leave something at the end of our life worth leaving, then there are some opinions and some habits and some behaviors that we are going to need to leave behind now. If we are going to leave something in the future, then there's probably some relationships that we need to leave now. There, there's probably maybe even some places that we need to leave now. And most assuredly, there are some old beliefs that we need to live, leave now. Because limiting beliefs sit like the lid on our life. And if we don't leave those limiting beliefs, those limiting beliefs continue to limit what our future can and will look like. So there's no way around it. If you want a legacy, then you know you have to leave. There's no other way. If you want to leave something worth leaving in the end, then there's going to be some things that you are going to have to walk away from in the journey. And Destiny said it this way last week. She said it's the leaving that provides the context of legacy, right? It's the, ultimately the fact that we are going to leave, that one day we are, are going to leave this earth and we are going to go to heaven. So if you are a Christ follower and if you believe that you are headed for heaven one day, then that should determine how we live today, not just so that one day we can go there, but because we want to leave something valuable here. Because we're not gonna be here forever. I don't have... 350 more years. I don't, one day my life is going to end, and when it ends, I'm going to pass on something. Something will be left. And if I understand that and I get comfortable with this thought that one day I will transition into the next life, I become more aware of what I want to leave behind in this life. And so what God does, God, God does this beautiful thing for us, right? Because like when we when we talk about that, we're like, man, you like you got one shot for that, right? I mean, you only get one chance to die. <laughs> That's it. Like, and when you die, it's, it's over. And what you leave is what you left. There's no like you get to come back and do it again. But in the genius of God, here's what God does: God lets us practice all of our life for that moment. You get to practice why? Because life is just a season of leaving. I mean, one day they made you leave kindergarten, and when you moved to first grade, you didn't get that nap anymore. <laughs> they made you leave. And even if your GPA wasn't what it needed to be at the end of high school, they said, you can't be 22 and still showing up. Like, you got to go. 
life is just, life is, is, is leaving. And, and, and we know that to be true here at North Point because if you've been around our community, you are constantly seeing people leave here and move into their next. And many times it's people that have, that have come with the Air Force and they're here at Barksdale and they know they're going to be stationed for years. But while they're here, guess what they do? They serve and they make an investment in the community. So whenever we bring them on the stage and we pray for their necks, we're always talking about the, the investment that they made while they were here. So we talk about how we are better because of their life. And so when they leave, they leave a legacy here. Although they are not here anymore, there is a legacy what they left. So even years later, we're coming up on the 10 years. So me and Destiny, we've been talking about like so many people that have just come into our community and then transitioned out of our community for all different reasons and different things. And we, we've just been talking about some old things. We've been looking through old pictures and seeing people that haven't been here in, in seven years, but were so critical in the beginning things of us getting, getting going here and talking about so many people, many of them military, that, that man, the investment they made was so good, but, but now they're gone. And you know what we talk about? We talk about what they did while they were here. We talk about how they encouraged us. We talk about how faithfully they served on their team. We talk about the impact and the difference that they made in relationships here within our community. So even though they are gone, they left what? They left a legacy in the season that we had together. And that's what, that's what we have. All, all we have in this life is seasons. I mean, there, there might be a season to how long you live in Louisiana. There might be a season to how long you live here in, in the Shreveport, Bossier area. You might just have a season at this church, a season on the job that you're in right now, or a season at the school that you are going to, or, or a season in a particular friendship, or uh, there's just a, a season, maybe a season of parenting. You're parenting a toddler. You're parenting a teenager. Uh, then you're parenting older children. Like there are seasons of life. And what happens so many times is we can discount the season we're in because the season, it seems too short. And we're like, well, I mean, it's only just, I, I mean, what can I do with 18 months, right? It's like, I, I mean, I, I can't even really get in there and, and meet anybody. Like, the season is too short. So we discount the season, and we miss the opportunity to practice leaving something for the end. Or we go, man, the season is too long. It feels like forever, but then it's gone, Right? It's like, what, what do they say with, with, with like raising kids, right? They say that the, uh, uh, the days are long, but the years are short, right? And it's like you, you know, you blink and like it, it's over. And Destiny was just talking about that with our, with our oldest, Carolina Lee, who's now, now 11. She turns 12 this year. And she was talking like, my God, like it's just saying, and, and, and I'm sitting there and I say, babe, it doesn't feel like she's 11. It feels like she's 111. <laughs> feels like she's been here my whole life. Feels like I don't even know life without her, right? That, that's how long it feels like that she has been here. But, but the reality of it is, is that it really does go by quick. And so what we can feel is like, oh, but we have so much time, right? We, we have so, and it's so long that, oh, I'll get to that tomorrow. I'll start that next Monday. Well, I mean, it's, it's almost February, so that sounds like a 2024 thing, right? <laughs> like, we have so much, it's too, so much time, right? It's like, okay, and, we, and, and so therefore we lack intentionality. Or we don't exactly know when the season is going to be over. 
There's, there's not clarity. There's not a definite end. And because there's not a definite end, there's some uncertainty. There's some unknowns. And because there's some unknowns, it's like, I just don't, I don't really feel comfortable. I don't, I don't really know. And so what we do is we miss the opportunity to practice in the short seasons for what God is wanting us to get really good at when it comes to the big season. Let me, I'll say it to you this way, that when we start taking control of the little legacies, we start to build a bigger legacy. Whenever you start taking control of the little legacies, the little seasons of life, understanding that every little season God is letting you practice on living a certain way so that you can leave something behind when you step out of that season, God is preparing you for when you leave earth and now you don't get a second chance, you don't get to come back and so you can leave something worthwhile then because you practice all of these little seasons. And when you practice those little seasons, it, it's what allows you to build the bigger legacy that you want to leave. Now, now let me just give you a, a little perspective of, of these people that we're talking about, Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob. Um, they, they weren't just like leaving and then just disappearing, right? Instead, they were leaving their legacy to the next generation. They weren't just escaping this life and go, whoo, I'm just glad I'm out of here. Heaven, here I come. Good luck down there. I mean, that's not what they were doing. No, they were leaving this life to move into eternity, but make, rest assured, they were leaving something behind to the next generation. You know, I've heard it said, and maybe you've even heard it said, that without a successor, there is no success. Leaving a legacy requires that we live with the next generation in mind. And this is why the enemy is always trying to pit one generation against the other. The enemy is always trying to get the generations in conflict, and he's always trying to get the generations in, context, in, in, in chaos. Why? Because the enemy hates what God loves, and God loves the generations. When you open your Bible, how God identifies himself throughout the Old Testament as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because God wants us to understand he is a generational God, and he's a generational God because he loves the generations. And so is it any surprise to us that that's what the enemy comes in to do? He comes in to splinter the generations? And how does the enemy do that? How does the enemy pit one generation against the other? He does it the way that he does everything, uh, and he brings all the evil in. That's why Jesus said, hey, you need to know this about the enemy, that he's the father of lies. And so that's what he does. He comes in and he lies to the older generation about the younger generation, and he lies to the younger generation about the older generation. These are some of the lies that the enemy will come in and tell the older generation about the generations coming behind. He'll come in and lie, and he'll say this. He'll say, they're your competition. And since they're your competition, they must be defeated. They are coming for some of your pie. And you know you only have so much pie to go around. And they're coming for part of your pie. They, they, they are the opposition, and they need to be crushed, and they need to be defeated. And they need to be put in your place. And if you don't put them in their place, then they're going to come take what belongs to you, what you've worked your whole career for. And so now all of a sudden the enemy has put you against the generation because he's convinced you that they are your competition. Or the enemy comes in and he says, they aren't worth it. Look at them. They're so weak. They're so incompetent. 
They're so stubborn. They're not worth your time. Why would you give your pearls to the swine? They are not going to do anything with what you give them. So don't even waste your life or waste your time. And so he puts the generation against the next. Or how about this one? He comes in, he lies, and he says this. They can't be trusted. Look at this generation. They have no character. They have no integrity. They have no loyalty. I mean, look at this generation. And and the enemy has been doing this for years. But here's the problem. We don't see generationally because we're only worried about ourselves. So all we see is our generation, the generation before us, the generation behind us, and we think that all of these things are brand new, and it's the same thing that's been happening since the beginning of time. It's the same lies, the same conflict, the same chaos because the the enemy keeps playing the exact same trick to pit the generations against one another because he's trying to destroy what God loves. And the reason that God loves it is because God created it because God knows that's what needs to happen for the kingdom to come to earth. So what do we have to do? We have to buy into God's way of seeing the next generation. I cannot believe the lie that they're my competition. I can't believe the lie that they aren't worth it. I can't believe the lie that they cannot be trusted. Instead, I've got to see it the way that God sees it. And God's been very clear about our job in the process. Our job is that we would live a legacy that we want to leave. That we would live in such a way that we can leave something worthwhile behind. That's our job. Now, God's job is to guide the next generation the same way he's guided our generation. God's job is to guide them individually the same way that God has guided us. So God says, hey, you don't worry about my job. You don't try to do my job. You don't try to classify them and label them and to figure out who they're going to be. You let me work it all out in them, but you have a job, and your job is to live in such a way that what you leave them is worth it. How many of you know it's a whole lot better to complain about them than it is to work on us? (laughs) Right? It's a whole lot easier to point the finger and talk about everything that's wrong in their generation than it is for us to live in such a way that we have something to leave behind to the next generation. But here's what, whenever we start to understand that, man, God is a generational God. God loves the generations. What that causes us to do is it causes us to, to think differently, and now all of a sudden we have a different timeline for life. Because right now we think uh, that, I mean, the, the average life expectancy in the U.S. is some 77 years. Like, let's go ahead and let's just, just bump it up to 80 because we're people of faith. All right, so let's bump it up to 80. And so we say 80 years. We're going to live 80 years. Well, here's what we see. When we think about life, what do we think? We think 80 years. We think our lifetime. But what if we got on God's generational timetable and we stopped thinking about our life in terms of 80 years and we started thinking about 200 years? What if you weren't building your business for the next 50 years, you were building your business for the next 200 years? What if we were building our church not to serve us this next decade, but we were gonna serve us the next couple centuries? What about if you weren't raising kids, but you were raising parents and you were raising grandparents and you were raising great-great-grandparents? What if we were investing in the community not for, not for the next 50 years, but for the next 200 years. How would that change things? 
How would it change the way that you're thinking? How would it change the decisions that you're making? How would it change the way that you're planning and the way that you are strategically living your life whenever you begin to think that way? Now, let's just roll it back and let's just, let's just state the obvious. Now, most people, they're not even thinking about this year. They're not even thinking about the end of 2023. What are they thinking about? Just trying to make it today. They're not thinking about what do they want to accomplish and how do they want to grow and how do they want to develop and what kind of person do they want to be at the end of 2023. Much less, what about this season of life? Much less about lifetime. Much less about the next 200 years. We're thinking about the next two days. We're not thinking about the next 200 years. But whenever you start thinking about the generations, here's what it does. It helps you shift your thinking off of what is just in front of you. Because God is saying, no, I want you to think differently. And I don't want you just to get consumed with where you are now. If there's one thing that we learn from Hebrews chapter 11, they were not just stuck on where they were. They were looking to something that was far greater and looking to something that was far better. And so today we read the legacy that they left because they were not consumed just with where they were. They understood where they were going and they wanted to leave something behind. Now, this is where somebody's always going to pitch in and say, but I mean, but pastor, I mean, doesn't the Bible say don't worry about tomorrow? About tomorrow, as know, how can I think about the next 200 years? Do you know how much anxiety there is in the next two centuries? Well, I'm just going to tell you like Juju. My nine-year-old told us at the kitchen table the other day, she said, God said don't worry. He didn't say don't plan. He said, don't worry about tomorrow, but he didn't say, don't plan for tomorrow. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, Solomon writes this, and he says, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. How many of you know that doesn't happen by accident? You don't just get lucky and leave an inheritance for your children's children. That comes from intentional living. That comes from having a plan. That comes from thinking about what it's going to be like when that time comes and working towards that. And this is what he says, a righteous person, a good person, a godly person, a person of wisdom, they are going to leave something worthwhile, not just to their children, but to their children's children. And and in other words, what we could say is that the impact of one person brings a generational blessing. The impact of one person, hear me, the impact of one person can bring a generational blessing. That's what we just read as we were reading through Hebrews. That's why I made you repeat it, verse 12. And it said, so a whole nation came from this one man. Everybody say one man. The whole nation of Israel, the Hebrew people, God's people, they all came from one man who the scripture says was as good as dead meaning that he was too old to have kids. But he held on to a supernatural promise from God. And God did a miracle. And Sarah got pregnant and gave birth to their son. Now, we could even rewind and say, we could even take it back further than that because he was good as dead before God called him out of the homeland that he was in because he was raised by idol worshipers. He was in an idol-worshiping community, and God showed up to him and called him out of that. He was as good as dead in that community, but God called him out and gave him a future. 
See, Abraham came into this world with one legacy, but he left a different one. And when you came into this world, listen, you, you, you were given a legacy, but that isn't the legacy that you have to carry forward. Let me say it this way today. You do not get to choose the legacy you are given, but you do get to choose the legacy you will give. Nobody in this room got to choose their family of origin. You didn't check the box for where you wanted to be born and who you wanted to be born to and what time you wanted to be born. Nobody got to choose their family of origin, meaning that you didn't get to choose the legacy that was passed down to you, but you do get to choose the legacy you pass on because each and every one of us have an opportunity to be an Abraham. And we have an opportunity to walk away from what we've always known and to leave something different to our children and to our grandchildren. So you, 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 you can give a general, generational blessing, listen, or you can give the opposite. Now, here's what many people say, okay, there's generational blessing. You've been around church, maybe you've heard this before. Well, then there's generational curses. And I, I don't really think that that word is completely accurate. I, I, I like to say it more this way. It's generational consequences. Because if you are a Jesus follower, we are redeemed from every curse. That is biblical. Every curse is broken. When you choose to follow Jesus, you are redeemed from every curse. But hear me, you are not excused from every consequence. So you might not be giving a generational blessing, but you could be given a generational consequence. Why? Because sin has consequences. And it gets passed down from one generation to the next. So when, when people in your family have generationally behaved in a certain manner, they've thought a certain way, talked a certain way, responded a certain way, acted a certain way, it creates consequences for those who come after. And we, we see the cumulative effect of this, right? We grow up and we see, oh, anger is the way you resolve conflicts. Because that's the way that my great-grandparents, my grandparents and my parents, that's how, that's how they resolve their conflict. They, they resolved it through anger. And so that's the way you do it. Or, or, or anxiety. I grew up in a home with anxiety and I'm not... I didn't, but, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, uh, we grew up in a home of anxiety and there's anxiety and there's worry and everybody's fretting about every, every decision and, and everything. So we think, oh, this is the way you process life. This is the way you process difficult decisions. This is the way you process the news. You process it through worry and anxiety and fretting and fear. This is, this is what life looks like because that's what was passed down. Or, or we see lying. Oh, lying is the way that you get ahead in life. Oh, lying is the way that you protect yourself? Oh, so you roll people under the bus, make yourself look better so that you get the promotion, and they, oh, okay, so that's the way that it works. That's how you move forward in life. And so that's what my grandparents did and my, my parents did, and so that's the way I act. Why? Because it's the, it's the cumulative effect of sin, and there are consequences to that. And so these, these generational consequences, what, what are they? They have to be intentionally stopped in your life. You have to begin to choose to think and live differently. Now, here's the good news, because God knows how hard this is. Let's don't pretend like that we just go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I think I'm going to start doing that tomorrow. Okay, we know that this is hard. God knows that this is what we're doing. What we're talking about is difficult. And that's why he said, hey, 
Here's what I'm gonna do for you. I'm going to put my divine, all-powerful spirit on the inside of you. And my spirit, my Holy Spirit is going to help you make choices and it's going to empower you to implement new behaviors so that you can walk away from what you've always known and walk into what I have for you in your future. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we start taking steps of faith along the way, we start to begin to think differently. We start to begin to live differently. We start to create and cultivate a different legacy that is going to be passed down. Now, now here, here's the thing. This is for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. This is for us. The thing about legacy is legacy always requires you to think bigger. Because here Abraham was in this hometown, in this community, living among these idol worshipers, and this was his whole world, and then God shows up with this promise. God says, I'm going to make your name. You can go read it for yourself in Genesis chapter 12. God shows up, and he says, hey, I've got a deal. If you will follow me to this land that I'm going to show you, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you famous. And I'm going to make your descendants more than the stars in the sky, more than the sand on the seashore. My hand of blessing is going to be on your life. And my hand of blessing is going to be so strong on your life that whoever blesses you is going to be blessed. And whoever curses you, they will be cursed. That's how much I'm going to be with you, Abraham. And what was God doing? God was getting Abraham to think bigger. There is this God who has this inheritance that has this blessing and God, and that's what legacy requires from each and every one of us. We have got to begin to think bigger. And because Abraham was willing to think bigger, guess what? He didn't just open the door for his own future. Hear me. He opened the door for many other people's futures as well. Ultimately, Abraham opened the door for Jesus because Jesus came through the Jewish lineage, the Hebrew lineage, and today, we could go all the way back and say that Abraham opened the door for us, that we are here because of one man. <laughs> one man's act of faith. He opened the door for us as well. Why? Because Abraham wasn't just thinking about himself. Come on, don't you know there's nothing more that we love to think about than ourselves? <laughs> And whenever the reality dawns on you that life is not just about you, come on, that's a hard reality you have to swallow. <laughs> but Abraham saw something bigger. Because when God talked to Abraham, he said, I'm going to do something for your descendants. I'm not just doing it for you. This is not just about you having a good life and a good story. This is not just about you having a great experience. This is not just about you being able to tell about your journey. No, Abraham, what I'm going to do for you is going to open the door of blessing for so many others. I told, I told you earlier, we're, we're going to have a coffee truck outside next week. And, and here's the cool story behind that coffee truck that we're going to have. So next week, you can get your latte and your cappuccino, whatever you like out there. And, and it's going to be there. But, but listen, here's the cool thing about that is that they started not just as a business opportunity. It started because they wanted to be able to employ people with intellectual challenges. They said, I want to do something that's beyond me. I want to do something that's bigger than just me and an idea and a business. I want to do something bigger. I want to open the door for more people. Johannes Amritzer, if you've been in our community for any length of time, uh, he's a great friend of this house. He comes every single year, and he's a church planner all throughout Europe. His base is in Stockholm, Sweden. He does a lot of missions work in Africa. And uh, uh, years ago, uh, 
he felt impressed by the Holy Spirit to do an entrepreneur workshop for his church and challenge his people to launch out in faith and to start businesses, to become entrepreneurs so that they could employ immigrants and people recently released from prison. And in the first two years after that workshop, over 30 businesses had been started and over 100 people in those categories had been employed. Why? Because it was somebody saying, I don't wanna just open a door for me. I'm not just trying to have a good life. I'm trying to open a door for other people as well. One of the most influential people in our church. He's not on staff here in North Point but he has been giving freely of his life and his time to the next generation for years. His name is Mr. Dwayne Hammond. You might not know him, but he is the guy who so many NCC kids will say one day, that's the man that taught me how to sing in church. That's the man that taught me how to stand on that stage. That's the man that taught me how to hold that microphone. That's the man who taught me how to lead, how to sing with confidence, how to sing with courage. That's the man that taught me how to worship. You see, the next generation of worship leaders don't just happen. The next generation of youth pastors doesn't just happen. The next generation of ethical politicians doesn't just happen. The next generation of business leaders doesn't just happen. It happens because someone lived a legacy and decided that they wanted to leave a legacy. Take somebody like Abraham that says, this might be where I started, but this is not gonna be where I finished. This might be what was handed to me, but that's not what I'm handed to my sons and my daughters. So how, how do you change a family? How do you change a legacy? Well, let's even go bigger, maybe even bigger than that. How do you change, how do you change a city? How do you change a company? How do you change a city? How do, how do you change anything that's bigger than yourself? It's when people start living legacy. <laughs> that's how you change a family. That, that's how you change a city, when you start living legacy. When life becomes not just about me and my pleasure, when it's not just about me and my experiences, when it's not just about me and my hunting camp, me and my vacation, me and my house, my car, when it gets bigger than me and when it becomes about the future, whenever I have an awareness of what I am leaving behind, that's how you begin to change a family and that's how you begin to change a city. When people begin to live what they ultimately want to leave, realizing that if I just live for myself, it's not going to be what I ultimately want to leave. So let me just be a good pastor today, give you three action steps to leaving a legacy. Just real quick, real quick. Let me give you three action steps that you can take to leaving a legacy. Number one is submit your life to God daily. Submit your life to God daily. As it said there in verse nine, as we read in Hebrews 11, and it says, even when he reached the land God promised them, he lived there by faith. It wasn't just faith when he started. It was faith in the middle as well. It wasn't just faith to begin. It was faith to remain, which means what? You have to submit your life to God daily. Now, it all starts with submitting your life to God one day. 
But the only way you finish strong is by submitting your life to God every day. Let me say that again because I think if you heard it, you'd have said a louder amen. Okay. It all starts by submitting your life to God one day. We know that's true. There was a day that God spoke to Abraham and Abraham said yes to God and he submitted and he surrendered and he committed to that God on one day. That's where it always starts. It always starts by committing your life and submitting yourself to God one day. But if you want to finish strong and leave a legacy, it will require you to submit your life to God every day. Here's the, the, the second action step to leave a legacy, and that is dream generational dreams. Because verse 9 continues, and it says that he lived there by faith. He, he was a foreigner living in tents. And it said, and so did Isaac and Jacob, that is his son and his grandson, who inherited the same promise. <laughs> they were living in the same promise. They were living in the same dream, meaning that Abraham's dream was bigger than his life. It was big enough for his son. It was big enough for his grandson. And it was big enough for his grandsons, great-grandsons. His dream was bigger than his life. He was dreaming generational dreams because it all started when God said, I will give you not a descendant, but I will give you descendants. And it caused him to think differently. And he began to dream a bigger dream that he had ever dreamed before. And that's what we must begin to do as well. If we want to leave a legacy, we've got to dream generational dreams. And then here's the third action step. If you want to leave a legacy, the third step is this. Invest in the next generation. Invest in the next generation, which means that you have to make a place for them in your life. And do you know who you will not make a place for in your life? is the people that the enemy has convinced you aren't worth being in your life. You know who you won't make a place for in your life? Who you believe is your competition and your opposition and therefore your enemy. You know who you won't make room for in your life? Is, is people who are incompetent, lazy, and good for nothing. That's who you won't, that's who you won't make a place for. So if you're going to invest in the next generation, it, got, it starts with this. You got to make a place for the next generation. And before you make a place for them physically, like at a seat at your kitchen table or a seat uh, at, at, your, at your business, before, before you give them a physical place, guess what? You got to create a place in your heart for them first. You got to make a place for them. But then, listen, you can't just make a place for them and feel like, well, I mean, I've done my part. I mean, I, I, hired, I hired one of them, you know, millennials. I mean, you know what they say about them. I mean, I went ahead and hired one because that's what pastor told me to do, make a place for them. So, I mean, I, I hired, no, no, no. I'm not just saying make a place for them. Here's, this is what I'm also saying. I'm saying you got to make a deposit in them. Don't just make a place. Say, well, I did my part. I invited them over for dinner. I, got, I hope God helps them. <laughs> no, you make a place for them. And then you make a deposit in them. 
And whenever you live with the kingdom mentality, whenever it comes to the next generation, here's what you start saying. You start saying to the next generation, hey, come and stand on my shoulders. I want you to see more than I can see. Come stand on my shoulders. I, I, I want you to do more than I've ever done. Come stand on my shoulders because I want you to accomplish things that I never even, come, come and stand on my, you are not my competition, but God put me here before you so that I could become your foundation so that you can stand on my shoulders and I can help you walk into your destiny and into everything that God has for you in your future. But it doesn't happen without investment. You've got to make the investment into the next generation. Let me just let me just talk to let me talk. I'm gonna talk to two groups just real quick. And you're like, man, you got five minutes and you're talking to two groups. That's like no way you're gonna be able to do that. Okay. All right, just listen. I want to talk to two groups because there's people in the room that you have kids at home. And there's people in the room that your kids are are gone, grown and gone, and and or you've never had kids. Let me talk to both groups real quick. If you have if you have kids in your home, don't buy in to the meme culture of the world. Don't buy in to the lies that society tell you. Don't ever say, oh, I just can't wait till these kids get gone. Oh, I can't wait till they I just can't wait till they get out of here. No, 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 no. You're not thinking like God. Because God understood understands the importance of the generation. God understands that. I was having a conversation with, with, with Carolina Lee, my 11-year-old daughter, who's right here on the front row. And, uh, and she turns 12 this year. And, and we were talking uh, the other day. And, and, and she's just really recently started, like, reading books. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, reading, you know, Old Yeller and where the red fern grows. I mean, I'm talking about she's coming into my office and she's saying, Dad, I want to re read some of your books. Like, I want to read some of the books that teach me how to think different. Like, Dad, I, I want the John Maxwell. I want the John Gordon. I want whatever it is that you're reading that's helping you develop and grow. That's what I want to begin reading. So I started giving her these books, and, and like, she came back, like, you know, a week later, and she's read, yeah, Dad, I already read both of the books you gave. So then I was quizzing her, like, how do you mean you already read two books in one week? I didn't read two books this week. And I say, and I start quizzing her, and she starts telling me, like, her takeaways from the book. And I'm like, well, I mean, she might not have read the whole book, but she read enough of the book. I mean, she, she's got it down and so this is what I this is what I told her I said baby you're, you're gonna be so far ahead of me I, I didn't start I didn't start reading these books until I, I was 20 you're, you're almost half my age when you're starting to read these books and you're starting to challenge the way that you think and, and you're and you're starting to, to to get into this thing and and, and you're starting to and, and not just that but 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 me and my wife we like our house the thing that we consider our house is like an incubator of greatness right like like God has put these people in our home and and, and it's an incubator of greatness we we are speaking to the greatness in them we are, we are speaking to what God put in them we are developing that we are cultivating that we are planting seeds in that we are watering that we are doing everything we can because I'm not just trying to raise obedient kids when they're small I'm trying to raise great parents and I'm trying to raise great grandparents I'm trying to raise great 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 parents I'm trying to influence them all the way out as far as they can go and I realize that God has given me a time to do that and so while they're here under my roof this is the incubator of greatness 
God has given me a moment to begin to speak into that. And, and, and I told her, I said, Caroline, you're going to be so much further than me. And she's like, but dad, I mean, but you're like, you're like the, the, this leadership, like this, this person, like I've never, never met anybody like you who just, and I said, but you're going to be greater. She said, dad, there's no way. And I said, if you're not greater than I have failed, because God put me here and God put you in this house so one day you could stand on my shoulders and live a life that I didn't even dream was possible. And that one day you can take this and you can put it into your children and one day they will stand on your shoulders and now they are seeing more than I ever thought was possible. They are accomplishing more than I ever dreamed and then their children are gonna stand on their shoulders and we can create a generational blessing where they can see more and do more because we are thinking like God and living like God because we are thinking generationally. I'm not thinking about my next 50 years. I'm thinking about the next 150 years. But you've got to make that investment. Now, let me just talk quickly to this other group because you say, well, my, mommy, my kids are going to feel, man, that sounds real good. Uh, that would have been great for me to know 45 years ago, but that's not where I am now. My kids are gone, and they don't even live here. My grandkids, I mean, I don't even get to see my grandkids. They, they live off. I don't, I don't have any. Or, or to say, I, I've, I've never been married. I've never had children. I, I, don't, I don't have anything. Do you know what the lie that the enemy will come and tell you is that this doesn't apply to you and that, that your season for this is over? And so we begin to believe, I mean, I, I mean that's really good if I had, if I had kids, but I, I don't have any kids, so I guess this doesn't apply to me. But you know what you do have? You do have a next-door neighbor who's 32 years old and has three kids and is on the verge of divorce and is, and is dying for a relationship with you is dying for you to befriend them and invite, invite them into your home so that you could be a father to them, so that you could be a friend to them, so that you could do something for the next generation. They, they, they are so eager because they came out of dysfunction and they don't have a dad that they can talk to and they know they might not know what they want, but they know what they don't want that. And they came, they came, they came into this world with a legacy that they know that they don't want to leave, but they are so lost, they don't know how to create something better. And there you are living right next door to them. And the enemy has convinced you that your season of, of mentoring and your season of growing and developing, that your season of, of investing in the next generation is over because you don't have any, in either one, you don't have kids, or two, your kids are gone, and the enemy is lying to you because that next-door neighbor needs you desperately. There are people sitting in this room right now. They don't have a mom. They don't have a dad. And they are trying to figure out their way through life. And you have the experience and the expertise. And you have what they need. And they are sitting in this room. But if you are not thinking generationally, whenever you shake their hand out there at the coffee place, you just think, oh, that's a nice guy. And you just walk on. And you don't think, wow, I wonder if this is a spiritual son that God is bringing to me. I wonder if this is a spiritual daughter that God is. I wonder if God is. I wonder if they're here because God wants me to adopt them. I wonder if God needs me to make a place for them so I can make an investment in them so that I can think generationally. Because it's never over. One day my kids will be gone and me, me investing in the generation is not over. Because I was investing in the generation before I was even had kids. I was a youth pastor before I ever had kids. And I was pouring everything I had into other people's kids. 
I was bringing them into my own, my own hemisphere, that I was bringing them into this, this, this incubator of greatness, and I was doing for them what I would one day do for my kids, which brings us back to practice. I got to practice on other people's kids, which was fantastic. <laughs> and that's funny, but it was a season to pre prepare me for the next season. And I got to live a certain way that I was able to leave something behind and I was able to practice so that now in my own children, I can live a certain way so that I can leave something behind. I, I, I want you to stand. We're going to throw the lead acrostic up. And, and uh, I know some of you just like to take a picture of it, keep it for the, for the week and so you can kind of go back and think. Uh, but but here's, what, here's what we've said at North Point. We, we said, listen, if we're going to, if we're going to leave a legacy, we got to live a legacy, but that requires us to lead ourselves well every day. So what are we doing? We're learning, we're evaluating, we're applying, and then we're doing again. What did we learn today? We learned that kingdom legacies are generational. And what do we have to do? We got to think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger than the 40 years you have left on this earth. Think bigger than the 60 years that you have on this earth. Think bigger. Think the next 200 years. Think generational. Think like God. Here's our evaluation. What do you need to leave now so that you can leave what you want to leave later? <laughs> what do you need to walk away from now? What mindset, mentality, attitude, habit, behavior? What do you need to walk away from now so that you can move into what it is that you really want to leave behind later. What is that? We all have something. Come on, we all have something. The application, it's simply our three points. What are you going to do? Submit to God daily? Dream a generational dream? And invest in the next generation. That's what we're going to do. That, 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 that's very simple. And then the D is always saying, it's just do it again. Guess what? If you just keep doing that again and again and again, you keep waking up every single day, submitting your life to God every day, and you keep waking up dreaming a generational dream. This is not just about me. It's not just about my children. It's not just about my grandchildren. It's about my great-grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren. That's what it is. And you keep dreaming a generational dream, and then you make the decision to invest into that next generation, and you do it over and over and over again. Listen, listen, listen. You will leave a legacy because you lived a legacy. And that's what we want to do. Not just in 2023 in the year of legacy, but for the rest of our lives. We want to live. A life. That we can leave to the next generation that will make them stronger that will make them better and that will push them further into everything that God has for them. I want you to bow your heads with me. Hey, today in this room, <laughs> you might be thinking, there's not just like, like something like I need to walk away from. Like it's not, 
I don't just need to walk away from an attitude. I don't need to just walk away from a habit. But like you may be sitting here today and say, I mean, Philip, I'm, I'm like, I'm far from God. Like I haven't lived my life for God. I'm not in relationship with God. And, and today, like literally, you need to walk away from your whole life right now. And you say, I really want the life that God has for me. Like I, I, I know I need to walk away from where I am now. I need, to, I need to walk into the grace and the love and the power and the forgiveness. I need to walk into everything God has for me. Maybe, maybe that's you today. Maybe today, maybe, maybe today is your day to be like Abraham and make that decision. Maybe it's for the very first time, or maybe it's the first time just a really long time. You've just got trapped in life and oh man, bad decisions. One thing led to another, and like, oh man, there you are. Today, you want to be like Abraham and say, yep, I'm packing my stuff up. I'm moving out of this. I'm moving into into relationship with God. I'm moving into his promise for my life. Or maybe today you say, Philip, I I know that specific thing that I need to leave behind. Maybe you're in relationship with God and you, but but you know, you, you know, I don't want to leave that to my kids. Maybe it's something that came out of your house, your mom, your dad. It's something that you, you've just carried with you, that anger, that criticism. Maybe it's that bitterness, that blame. Maybe it's that fear, that idea, that attitude, I'll never be good enough, I'll never amount. I don't know what it is, but you know. You say, Philip, I've got to leave that behind so that I can leave what I ultimately want to leave behind one day. I've got to walk away from that. I've got to leave that behind so I can leave my godly legacy, the legacy that God wants me to leave. I've got, I've, got to, I've got to leave something, and you know exactly what that is. Hey, listen to me today. Hey, and some of you, some of you, hey, some of it, some of you, it hit home when I started talking about those kids not being there or, or not, you know, never having kids, and, and you started kind of like checking, checking out, you started kind of checking the box. And you just kind of believe that lie that your that your time of investing was over that this doesn't really apply to you. But and, and now you're like, oh, 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 wow! I, I the, the enemy coming and lied to me about about my involvement next generation. And you're saying, I got to get rid of that lie. <laughs> I got to walk away from that lie, so that I can walk into my next door neighbor's life. I got to I got to walk out of that lie so that I can walk into somebody somebody's life that's right here in this sanctuary right now because they need me and God put me here for a reason. Today, whether you're walking away from your from an old life into new life or whether you're walking away from one specific thing, realizing that I've got to leave that so that I can leave something different for my kids and grandkids. If you know what that is, you say, Philip, I want to be like Abraham and I want to pack up and I want to move and I'm, I am ready to leave that so that I can leave what I ultimately want to leave. Come on, lift up your hand right now, all over this place. Just lift it up. You say, Philip, I know, I know, I know what it is. I've got to leave. I know what it is. I want to leave it because I don't want, I don't want it to carry on. I want that generational consequence. I want it to stop with me. I don't want that generational behavior. I don't want that generational attitude. I don't want that generational reaction. I don't want that. I don't want it passed down to my kids and to my grandkids. I don't want to see it in the next generation. 
I want that, that generational consequence to stop with me, and I'm going to start a generational blessing. I'm going to be like Abraham, so everything that comes after me is going to be blessed. Come on, with that hand lifted, say, I'm ready to walk away. I'm ready to walk away from whatever it is I need to walk away from so that I can walk into the legacy that God has for me in my future. Come on, I want you to say this prayer. Everybody in the room right now, just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I need you. I need your love and your grace. I need your power and forgiveness. I believe you are who you say you are, and you can do what you say you can do. And I am ready to leave some things behind so that I can leave a legacy for the next generation. Here I am, God. Use me to be a blessing and to advance the kingdom. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room who lifted up their hand a moment ago. And God, whether they were stepping from an old life into a new life and they are turning the page going, I am walking away from living for myself to living for God. Or whether somebody is just walking away from an attitude, a habit, a mindset, and they are walking in to this new season, God, so that they can leave something different than was handed them, that they can pass on something different that was passed on to them, that they say, I am going to, I'm, I'm going to, to, to bring those generational consequences to an end. They will stop with me and general generational blessing will begin to flow after me. God, no matter what it was that they prayed for, Father, I ask by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help us to bring it to pass. And God, we need you to do it. Nobody in this room is standing here thinking we're going to do this on our willpower. We, the only way we can do this is with your power. God, nobody in this room is thinking it's going to be on our effort or what we can do. It's going to be based off on what you have already done, Jesus, and the fact that your spirit is living and dwelling on the inside of us. Come on, right now, we don't, we don't normally do this, but but here's what I want you to do. I want, I want everybody in this room just to, just to turn your palms up towards heaven. I just feel led right now just to, just to declare and speak a, a blessing over your family, over your future, over, over the, the next generation that is, in, that is in your circle of influence right now. Come on, we have some teachers in the room. We, we, we have some, some grandparents in the room. And, and listen, 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 listen. I feel this so strongly today. Listen, you might have screwed it up with your kids, but God's going to give you a way to come back and make it right with your grandkids. Listen, that's a word for somebody in this room. God's not God's not done. You might, have, you might have done it all wrong. God's going to bring it full circle, and he's going to give you another chance. So listen, you, you don't have to live thinking, oh, my God, I screwed it up. God's going to bring it back around, and you're going to have a chance to put something into your grandkids that you never got into your own kids, and God's going to redeem all of it through, through your generation.
Come on, turn those palms up towards heaven right now. I just want you to receive, just, just like you're just gonna get in the catching position. I know we, we, don't do, we don't do this often, but I just wanna speak it and declare it. And I just want you to get in agreement with it and I want you to receive it. Right now, Father, under the authority, God, that you have given me as a kingdom leader and as a pastor, God, I just declare right now in this place a generational blessing upon everybody that wants it, upon everybody that's in agreement with it right now. Father, as their hands are open, as their hearts are open right now, as their lives are open right now, God, I, I pray, God, that the, that the generational consequences, God, would be stopped right now in Jesus' name, and that generational blessing would begin to flow to their grandchildren, to their children and their grandchildren. That generational blessing would begin to flow to the people in their classroom. That generational blessing would begin to flow into next door neighbors. That generational blessing would begin to flow in the next generation that's that's right here in this place, God. It might not be the bloodline, but God, through the power of your blood. We can make an investment in the next generation, even though they're not our sons or daughters. They can be adopted into the family. God, I pray in Jesus' mighty name, God, that there would be a powerful transfer of blessing from the people that are standing in this room for the people that are in agreement that says, that's what I want to leave. God, I pray that you would empower us to live a life that we could leave a powerful, life-changing, eternal, impacting legacy on this earth for your kingdom and for your glory. If you receive it and you're in agreement with it right now, come on, put your hands together. Thank God for it today. Thank you for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast. For more content from NCC and how to get connected, visit ncc.team.